Welcome in to another edition of the Tebby Keg Podcast episode, episode 490. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, Charlie here with you. Happy belated Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas if you're still celebrating. I know there's a lot of family stuff this week. Uh, we are here early Monday morning, not necessarily early. Uh, it's 9 a.m. here in uh, in the Central Time Zone, doing a special edition. We're going to talk about Packer excitement, Bucks disappointment, and what we're looking forward to in 2023. Uh, Mitch is here with me. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing? How you have a good Christmas? Everything else? Yeah, solid Christmas, and uh, except for the Bucks game, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll get into that, but overall, can't complain too much. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. I don't. So, I don't have a huge family, so it's it's pretty low key, but uh, it's kind of the way I like it. So. Yeah, and it's nice too with uh, being on a Saturday, Sunday. I mean, I think all of us are kind of like, what day is it, right? But it is yeah. nice to like have this time off and get the extra day. You know, on Monday, and you'll have the same thing for. New Year's Day into into New Year's, you know, you get that that Monday off as well. So that will be that will be very nice. Um, those are those are very nice to haves, right? And you look forward to those instead of I think next year everything falls on a Monday, so it's like you're back to work on Tuesday unless you take that day off or your company gives you that day off. But it's hard to it's hard to like get back into the mix the the day after Christmas. It's a really Really tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'd survive, but um, oh yeah, as as uh, would I. It it would feel about the same as this week. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is week... actually really nice to have the Monday off, and it's not actually Christmas. So now, right, I can go run errands, and mm-hmm. you know, everything should be open for the most part. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, this oh. week this week is one of those ultimate. I wouldn't say it's a mail-in week, but it's it's very close. It's one of the few. It's one of the like long list of mail-in weeks it's like this it's like fourth of july pre-fourth of july weekend like any of those summer holidays so fourth of july memorial day labor day like nobody's really working like everybody's sort of like uh just kind of going through the motions until until the long weekend so you have that thanksgiving also could be lumped in um but so many people have off there are some companies that give you off the entire week um and yeah, they, shut, so, they shut down or whatever and right yeah, yeah which yeah. which i mean i think makes sense if you know you're if you yeah if you see the numbers and you're like everybody's taking off this week why the fuck are we here um makes sense so we'll have to see but yeah this podcast is here for you uh so if you have something to listen to when you're doing those errands um we as a programming note, we're kind of trying to shift to four days a week. So you'll have me tomorrow for a Tuesday show, and then I'm going to take off Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday. I'm hopefully going to nail down an actual day to do it consistently, but it's kind of hard with the Wisconsin sports schedule and things like that. So bear with me in the time of experimentation. Well, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers and the Green Bay Packers pull out a win in Miami, 26 to 20. Very dramatic game, if you will. Um, just so much, so much stuff happened as you you go into this, and you you're excited for the game. We're going to talk excitement levels here, and I was so fired up for this one. Uh, probably as excited as I've been for a Packer game since that Cowboys game, and it, since then I like 
kind of the the air went out of the balloon after the Titans went after Titans lost and after Eagles lost. And so now that balloon is fully back to being inflated. Um, and it looked dire. Um, you know, the Packers looked like they were going to go down potentially two scores and it was, it was going to be a complete clusterfuck or three scores, excuse me, because it was 20 to 10. And then Jaron Reed strips Tua and gets the ball back and the Packers end up getting a field goal out of it. And it, it likely saved their season. I know we've talked, there have been so many moments in the season that have been saved. Um, it's almost overused at this point, but it, to me, that's the moment I think we'd all look back on if the Packers do make the playoffs and make a run here. I think that Jaron Reed play is the one we look back on. So when we ask about excitement level, Mitch, I am like sky high right now. I am all in and, and ready to roll here for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> you are, you've been um, kind of pushing it the last couple of weeks and um I, I mean, so you're like a 10 out of 10, huh? I would say, yeah. I mean, I I, I will say that I'm like, I will put a little bit of a, di- a disclaimer on that where I'm like, I'm probably a 9 out of 10 realizing that there is a way that this could not happen, right? Whether the Packers lose a game, whether, um, you know, the, the commanders right. win out. Um, it, like, I, I know, like, that there is a chance this might not happen. It might be a little too late. And... I, I recognize that. So I will, I temper my excitement to know, like, it's not a given that they are, they are going to be in. Although the numbers say, the numbers say if they win out nine, it's like a 90% chance. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't totally control their own destiny, but they, you know, at this point have put themselves in a pretty good situation. They've gotten a ton of help the last two weeks, yes. which is, you know, the, the Packers golden horseshoe, you know, <laughs> is still has some life um despite this but what i was going to say is you know really what's fun about this is there's like no pressure right the packers were written off you know after the after the eagles game probably for sure yeah um where you know that was that was basically it and it's ugly yeah now and now they have won three straight you know nobody nobody expects them to be here and you know of the teams that are quote unquote in the hunt you know who's got who's got the best quarterback and it's the packers i mean it's it has to be right but right um so they're they're kind of in the driver's seat that way like i know that it 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 hasn't been pretty all season but it has been a lot better the last month and yes. i mean it's it's possible that they have figured some stuff out and and they they do look a lot better now i will say for me you know they're still seven and eight there's a long long way to go but i am at the point that i am entertaining playoff scenarios now and you know whereas i was still kind of you know hesitant to jump over the jump in the pool with you guys sure um but uh no i i think i'm there now i mean for me it's probably a six you know six or seven but considering it was a zero like two weeks ago um i mean yeah, that's, that's that, that's a pretty good jump yeah and no question it's 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 looking pretty likely honestly i just because like i said i mean can you trust some of these other teams i don't know like washington 
they ha- they control their own destiny, but now they have quarterback issues. Right. And they don't know who's like, going to be starting starting against the Browns. And I know the Browns are not good. And but every week, Deshaun, I think Deshaun Watson will get better. I we don't need to talk about the off the field stuff. We can just talk about Deshaun, the quarterback here, and he's going to get better as the weeks go on. Like that's just naturally going to happen. And I'm not saying like this is the week that Deshaun Watson like completely figures it out. And and it's going to just be this renaissance for Cleveland. But it's still a it's still a game where Washington has all the pressure on them. And are they going to be able to handle that pressure and whether it's Heineke or Wentz? Yeah, I mean, so they're I got to look at the rest. Of, I wish I can't find the rest of their schedule, but they play then they play the Cowboys, which so that's the that's the interesting part. And that's where the excitement kind of like tempers off. Because of the fact that that game, those games might not matter. So it's the question of will the Eagles and Cowboys care? Like, or will they just be like rest up for next week? I could see the Eagles against the Giants saying, we don't really want the Giants in the playoffs. Now, Giants have to lose to the Colts and the Eagles to be bounced from the playoff picture, which again feels a little unlikely given the Colts stature. We'll see what happens tonight against uh, the Chargers. But, you know, are the Eagles going to say, we're going to play this out? Obviously, now with the Cowboys winning, it becomes a lot more interesting as they could still win the division. The Eagles have to play a Saints team this week that is still fighting for a playoff spot um, in that awful AFC, NFC South. You're likely going to see Gardner Minshew again. That Saints defense, I, I don't like the Saints. I don't think the Saints really play a good brand of football, but they, they muck it up. And they, they're pretty good against the run. So what is Gardner Minshew going to look like, you know, now that there's a week of tape on him, right? He was very good against the Cowboys, but that Cowboys defense, it's kind of like so well, – I go, go ahead. With the Cowboys, you know, they were – I caught the end of that game on Fox on Christmas Eve and, oh, what a game and yada, yada. And I'm like, they gave up 34 fucking points to the Eagles and they had, what, four turnovers? Yeah. Like, I mean – I don't know, man. The Cowboys defense is, um, you know, I know that that's kind of what they're known for this year, just because of the, all the sexy names and stuff. But it's like, that's that's almost impossible to give up that many points in a game. I mean, with that many turnovers. Right. And, and yeah, and, and this whole idea, you're right. And, and having, Having basically yeah, this Cowboys team that has to now play Tennessee on a Thursday night, and I think in all intents and purposes, I would say, oh, man, that is a loss. Like, Tennessee lives for this, you know. But Tennessee's dead. Like, Tennessee yeah. just does not have the bodies. They might keep it close. They might, you know, make it a game where it's like 20-17 to 17 because the Cowboys defense, again, as mentioned, has been trashed. But – it's it's still going to end up being Dallas, and if that's the case, and if the Eagles were to lose to the lose to the to the Saints, then there is a chance that a the Vikings could squeeze up into that top spot. The Vikings have three losses. I know they have the tiebreaker. The 49ers would then be in the mix as well at with eleven and four. So all of a sudden, then Week 18 matters, and then I, I going back to the Packers like then that makes the chance of the playoffs even more likely because that means the Eagles are full steam ahead. And maybe they will be regardless because do you really want Jalen Hurts to miss three straight games and 
basically have another week off. So that'd be five straight weeks without or four straight weeks without Jalen Hurts before the playoffs start. I don't think Nick Sirianni is the type of guy that would like that. So maybe it's inevitable that you would see the Eagles at at full strength. Plus, I feel like NFC East rivalries are yeah, they matter. I don't know. There's a little extra and totally like I mean, they're whether I mean whether or not Jalen Hurts plays in the final game. I mean, you know, I the rest of the team I think would be up for that game, and you never know what could happen. No, yeah, and. I mean, I think there is just there's a lot of meat still left on the bone. And yeah, I, I don't think anyone wants to play wants to play the Green Bay Packers. And I don't think they want to see Packers. I heard Ryan Clark, who's the number one hater, gotta remind everybody that Ryan Clark, you know, was on that team that lost to the Packers in the twenty ten Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. and he's like, Well, no one, you know, no one's worried about the Packers. And it's like, all right, man. I think I don't know if I did this oh. with you or myself, but if you look at like if Aaron Rodgers gets in, he's the best quarterback in the NFC besides maybe Hurts, right? But he has the most experience for sure. And yeah. the guy who's been there before, we still haven't seen it with Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. He had an awful playoffs, but I that's one game. Uh you can't judge somebody on just one game. People develop, people change playoff to playoffs, right? And, I, and that's in any sport. I mean, we see it we Giannis is a great example of this, right? Um, and so I, I, but I, you really look at it and you're like, okay, barring Brady's not in, which Brady could be in, but I, I think Brady is so far removed from being the Brady he was that I can't even consider him. It's like Dak, it's like Rogers, it's Hurts, it's Cousins, it's Brock Purdy. It, that's not much. Daniel yeah. Jones, like. Yikes. Well, I mean, yeah, like Kirk Cousins and Dak are pretty much the same kind yeah. of, you Spider-Man. know, in, inconsistent and, um, you know, haven't necessarily proven anything. I think that, just my opinion, the only team that's probably scared of the Packers would be the Vikings, just yes. because of, just because of, and maybe the Cowboys, um, because there's some stuff there. I mean, obviously, they yeah. beat them in Lambeau and then the McCarthy thing, and Rodgers mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. I, I don't know. I, I I would be stunned if the Niners were afraid of the Packers. I mean, probably not. They've yeah. basically had the Packers number for the last ten right. years in the playoffs. Um, so, and the Eagles already had a pretty. I don't know. I mean, the the score was not that far apart, but I don't know. It seemed like a pretty easy victory to me. Packers just couldn't get off the field, and Jalen Hurts gave them a ton of issues. So, and the Eagles, I can't imagine, are scared of that many teams. However. I mean, their schedule, who have they beaten this year? You know, we can probably – I mean, they, they, have, they have a couple signature wins, but by and large their schedule has been pretty pretty cake this year. We'll see what they do next year, um, which is why there's so much parity in the NFL. People right. forget. I mean, the schedule is just, just our roller coaster every year. Right. Um, and so, yeah. to, to that point, you know, the funny thing is if, if the Packers do beat the Vikings – and the Niners went out, the Niners are the two seed. So the Packers could get all the way back, could come back, <laughs> make themselves into the playoffs only to play the fucking 49ers. And then have to go to San Francisco, yeah. Would be, yeah. I mean, talk about, like, how this season has went, right? And we kind of thought it was happening yesterday. Christian Watson goes down with a hip flexor. Uh, Josh Nyman was out, so we had to watch Rice Newman's ass, which was awful. 
um, continues to be one of the worst <laughs> offensive linemen in all football. Um, Keyshawn Nixon gets hurt, and you're like, okay, this like sums up Aaron Jones' ankle continues to like be a thing. Like yeah. I I know like Packer fans were had the pitchforks out and we're like, where's Aaron Jones? And I, and I agree. Right. But also like Aaron Jones is pointed out, I think by Jacob Morley does some work on one of the Packer blogs. It's like yep. Aaron Jones was on the injury report all week. Like he was, it's not like he's fully healthy. So it's like, well, it's okay to be outraged. Also, you got to understand that this guy is probably banged up and, and it was the case. And so yeah. I think, I think there is a lot there, but yeah, it seemed like this is like classic Packers where it's like, you got, you get your hopes up only to be let down. And then green Bay's second half defense was incredible. And you have to give Joe Barry a lot of fucking credit. Yeah. And I, I know that that hurts. I had a buddy who texted us like, yeah, I hate <laughs> that, that this is like good for Joe Barry. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks. But if, if it's what, if, if he figures it out, if, if he figured it out finally, I know it's too late. It'll just go into the annals of a little too late for the season. Cause this season is all about like a little too late. Like I'm, I'm halfway convinced that like Tariq Carpenter, who's a special team safety. If you put him in there for Adrian Amos, he'd be awesome. Just because that's how the season has gone where it's like, just try him out. Like Adrian Amos is beyond what. And so like all of that said, like, I just, I look at it and, and think like, okay, maybe this defense finally knows what, or just finally figured out what they should do, should be doing to really like play their strengths. Like Jerry, I mean, Rasul had said after the game, uh, like Jerry Gray, they call him OG, Jerry Gray, like lit into them and cursed them out at halftime. And he's like, he never does that. And I'm like, well, why has Jerry Gray done this all fucking year then? Like, yeah. what, like what, what? it's the, it's the classic like fan thing where it's like, oh yeah. Um, you know, you want the team to win, but then in the back of your head, it's like, if the defense looks good, which they did certainly in the second half, um, you know, that that's one more reason to have Joe Barry stick around and nobody really wants that. So it's kind of like, I don't must, you know, you don't want to yeah. lose, but in the back of your head, you're like, God, if we just get blown out here, they maybe they'll fire Joe Barry after the game and, and we can all, we can all <laughs> have happiness in our lives again, but yeah. Um, and and the last thing, the last thing I kind of have from it, just overall from today, is like, doesn't it feel good to like embrace the in the hunt lifestyle? I'd said that after the Bears game, and I was like, well, you got a shot, and like, you just like this is much more fun, and you know you can build on this for next season. I know that that's a little bit loser talk, even if you don't make it. This still is positive momentum heading into next mm-hmm. season, and. I understand you could get a top pick. I understand that there's a lot of opportunities to, you know, have good players, but good players in the NFL come in all shapes and sizes. It's not the NBA where you need to be in the lottery to really get that top, top guy. Um, And I just, I always thought it was ridiculous to be like, let's tank for draft picks or see what we have with Jordan Love. I understand the second part a little bit. But I also am like Aaron Rodgers is signed to a long-term deal. And if they wanted to see Jordan Love, they would have let Rodgers go and let Love sort of take over this team. Yeah, and who knows what would have happened if Rodgers would have actually sat out one of those games when he had a, when he his thumb yeah. was really bothering him. Right. I mean, maybe maybe they sneak one of those out. But um yeah. uh, quick quick sidebar. If yeah. you, uh, are you are you getting any 2010 vibes here 
I, I don't I don't think that's that's fair personally, but I know some people have talked to me about that. And uh, I think you, you even brought it up too. And I kind of shot that down because it's like they were, you know, eight and six that year. It wasn't, you know, they haven't had, they didn't have to quite come, come back from the dead like this. Well, I mean, the fact that I have thought the fact that I'm probably going to have people over for Packers Vikings. I had people over for Packers Giants got really drunk that night and and then you know and so yeah it's very similar reminiscent to 2010 but that's just my old like dumb brain um no i'm not there yet uh i just i can't see it all there i just i think i'm just taking it day by day um it you could make the case but it's there are so many different examples of that we thought 2016 was like 2010 with the run to table year and they just ran out of bodies. They ran out of them. And then you had Ladarius Gunter against prime Julio Jones and we got our absolute asses kicked. Yeah. And so I think that it's really hard for me to say that, but I will, I, I will caveat if they get in and then they play San Francisco and they beat San Francisco. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it's then... yeah. Then that, then the game changes. Cause then you go into Philadelphia a place you have done well in the past. With you learn from your mistakes. Dick. Yeah. You have all of the goddamn momentum facing that Philly team. And, and then whoever you play in the final, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Dallas, either probably Minnesota or Dallas in the championship game. Um, yeah, it's all there. All of a sudden, like everything is there. And, and so I will say that I am not going to talk about 2010 comparisons until after the wild card round. The other okay. thing, the other thing to put myself a little bit on the hot seat is I am going to Mexico um, the week before the wild card round. I am there Saturday, but I'm flying home Sunday. But I'll be in Chicago by one, I think about 1 p.m., barring any delays on Sunday. Now I still have to drive home, get the dog. Um, so there's a lot of variables and the way that the NFL now spreads out their wild card weekend, I could get lucky, you know, Packers play Monday night and that could be, you know, that, and that'd be fine. Then I, then I win, right. Like <laughs> Kind of yeah. like the, the uncut gems meme, like this is how I win. But if it's, if it's Sunday and it won't be Sunday day game, if it's Niners, um, uh, but yeah, that in the back of my head, I'm like, Ooh, could might've painted myself into a pickle here. Yeah, but if it's the Vikings, you're going to get screwed. So, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. I mean, I you know hopefully that'll you know, be like the new the one the one o'clock Saturday game or whatever. Unless the ratings for Packers Vikings are huge this weekend, because it's like the standalone CBS game. Like CBS locked this in, so we get Nance and Romo um, this coming weekend, and so CBS is having us as the main game. Um, so if that rating is big, I could see them bumping that either to primetime Saturday night, which would be another, another little bit of an issue, but would figure no, it there'll out. There'll be, there'll be a worse like AFC game probably that'll go. Yeah. You know, they'll put they'll the put Bengals. Ja they'll put Jacksonville. They'll put Jacksonville. Whoever Jack, like, well, would they, that, I don't know. I, I love doing this. We, you and I could do an entire pod on like how they would place it. Like is Jacksonville, the Saturday morning game, Saturday afternoon oh, game. Like it, the that would be for sure. Whoever, yeah. whoever they play. 
especially yeah. if it's like Bengals, Jags. I mean, yeah, and, and it would be. And and let's be real, Dallas against no matter how bad that NFC South team is, that's gonna be your that's likely gonna be your three twenty five. Oh, Dallas, Dallas, and Tom. I mean, that's going, that's going Sunday afternoon. Yep, Sunday afternoon three twenty five. I'm done. Tell I think last year we had the debate about if the how much the Saturday primetime game mattered, and I was adamant that it was like oh it's it's really important, and you're like no it's uh, three twenty five, and I and then. I lost that. Like that's I had to officially take that L when Dallas and San Francisco was that three twenty five game. So that was yeah. That, that's two two public teams. I mean that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, Dallas, that's Dallas, always going to happen. Dallas and Tampa will be your three twenty five start if that's the case. That will be three twenty five, and and depending on who gets like first pick, and I I used to know that so I could predict it, but now it's so all over the place that it's it's really hard to pin down. Like, if ESPN has first pick, then, yeah, Dallas and Tampa will be on Monday night. Hmm. Uh, I think okay. it's a draft. I think it's a draft, but I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, we could move on to the Bucks, which unfortunately is not as happy as uh, our Packer topic. Uh, the Bucks got their asses kicked 138 to 119. You know, the game – it was close at 139 half. to 118, actually. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 139 to 118. Yeah. It's always hard with them. And it's Jesus the, the, Christ. What? 139 points. God yeah. damn it. Second time now in the last week plus that they've given up 130 plus points. Gave it up to the Grizzlies. Gave it up to the Celtics. Uh, the Bucks were, you know, in this game for a little bit. Um, in the, they pulled close at halftime hung around in the third quarter and then the Celtics just could not miss in the fourth quarter and the Bucks started to miss shots. And I don't, I'm not ready to, you know, disappointment. Am I disappointed? Yes. Do I care that much? Not entirely. I said last week that it's just one game and it's a, it's a game that matters. Now the Celtics do have one up on you. You need to now take care of business the next time you play them. But you do need to start, you do need a reset. And I think you need to now take all the data in, see what's working, see what's not, and make some real changes because what you're doing at this point is not working. And that's the thing where I will be more disappointed if Bud stays the same and gets stubborn here. Um, my disappointment will grow because I, I think it's time to kind of reset the deck and just look at every possible option versus saying, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the game yesterday, you're talking too much West West Matthews. Oh, too much. Mm, nah, not going to go there. I, well, okay. Joe Ingles was, was, was decent. He ended up getting 11 points. He hit a he couple still shots. Min- he was still minus twelve though when he was on the court. Well, so, Giannis I mean... was minus twenty-seven. So I mean, <laughs> I mean that's that's. I don't want to. I hear you. So I don't know what the fuck Giannis was doing a lot of the time in that game. Um, refused to go to the basket, and I get it. I get it that they had Horford on him. Grant Williams is a fucking tree stump, and I mean, but a lot of mid-range and he made a lot of them so credit to him but nine for 22 you know 
it just the attacking didn't you know he had the ball and he he did some things but it just seemed like he was hesitant to go to the basket um so but yes too much west matthews i do think that a guy like marjan bochamp yes. would be valuable in a in a series against boston because you had a situation where with you know again without middleton uh maybe one of these days we'll get a game with Chris against Boston because he would help a ton too um, with those wings. And because Giannis had to guard Jalen Brown and that pulled him away from the basket. And it just felt like the rim protection was, was non uncharacteristically non-existent against Boston, mm-hmm. which is probably how they scored 139 points. I mean, that's right. just what the bucks do. I mean, they, they guard the rim, the threes, they are what they are, and that was the issue in the first half. And then it it didn't really, you know, matter in the second half because Jason Tatum went nuts, and especially in the fourth quarter, and yeah. the three point bitching kind of went to the side. But it just, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, the rim protection was was not there because Giannis had to be away from the basket, which is not not what you want. Yeah, the Celtics were fifty eight percent from the field in general. Yeah. Tatum himself, 41 points on 22 shots, 10 free throws, um, only turned the ball over once. Uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to win that. It's hard to win that way. And it's a red flag that the Bucks need a defensive wing. And I, you know, for probably till now, I have been very much on, hey, keep Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's all right. Like, we need his athleticism. But, the last two weeks have been really tough on Grayson Allen. Yeah. And it's well, starting Boston's to look just like Boston's a tough matchup for him because yes. he has to guard either Marcus Smart or like Derek White. And those guys mm-hmm. are both like Derek White's like probably at least six six. Yeah. And Marcus Smart is way too strong for him. Oh yeah. So I mean, there's nobody he can guard on defense. And yeah, we just and then we start Pat Connaughton. Okay, I want to talk, you know, so I don't, I I saw Frank Madden this morning talk about how, like, Frank, Pat Conton, you know, probably got to start because Boston guy playing at home, like, kind of a novelty, like, hey, you know, nice thing. But, I mean, that's part, that lineup is like a closing lineup in the playoffs. Like, why not? Like, Frank's like, kind of like, why wouldn't you start Pat Conton over Javon Carter? I mean, Pat had 15 points. He was probably best player on the court for the Bucs, him or Holiday, um, yeah. you know, really were the two best guys you had last night. I I don't hate the idea of continuing to start Pat Connaughton. I just don't know if Grayson Allen should start and should be Bochamp instead. And it's like, what what does Marjan Bochamp need to do to convince Mike Budenholzer that his defense, A, is very good, uh, B, he's shooting 36% plus from three, like, what the fuck else does Marshawn Bochamp need to do? And I don't know if that's a conversation that Horst needs to have with him, that they, the coaching staff needs to have with Bud, but, like, this is a really big, like, kind of stretch for Mike Budenholzer to be, like, you know, obviously pending the Middleton stuff, but, like, is Bud going to adapt or are we going to just – is it same old Bud? And that Bud just does not exist, and it only existed for a few weeks in the 2021 playoffs. <laughs> yeah um well that's that's a whole other podcast probably oh totally I mean, but uh 
yeah, I, I, I don't know what Marjan needs to do. I feel like I've seen enough. The jumper looks pretty good. You know, he's a good 6'6", pretty long, decently ath- athletic. I mean, that seems tailor-made for, for Boston and mm-hmm. and the, those wings. That I guess that's my thing with Pat. I, I like I actually like Pat. I'm I think I'm the island is getting less and less populated every every day yeah, lately. People, I feel like. people people keep leaving the island. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But um with that, I mean then you have Drew, you have Grayson, who's you know, a negative on defense, at least against Boston for sure. Mm-hmm. And Pat, you have three guys that are six four and you're asking you're gonna have to ask one of those guys to cover some on like a six eight guy which you know tatum's very good at shooting over top smaller defenders and and kind of getting to his spots and getting his shots off um that way so i don't know i guess it it did seem to show a little bit of a weakness and kind of make you want to have a jay crowder um however i don't really want to give up grayson allen in that trade I don't know if you can. I don't know if there's any way you can convince Phoenix that it's, you know, if you Jordan Nora's defense is pathetic. So you can't really sell them on Jordan Nora. You can't really sell them on George Hill. They already have an old point guard, Chris Paul. I think you have to give Grayson Allen, you have to give an asset to get an asset. I I, I know that's like, that's hard for a lot of us to, that's like baseball trades too, where it's like, I can't believe they traded this guy. It's like, well, we, you need like to trade someone good for another team to want him. You know what I mean? And so anyways, uh, I hear you. I, I, I think Grayson would be valuable, but be, and partly because Nora is so bad, right? Like you get rid of Grayson. Does that mean Nora gets minutes again? Jordan Nora is great offensively, but his defense, he's one of the worst defenders in basketball. Like it's not even, he's one of the worst defenders on the books. He's one of the worst defenders of all the NBA. Yeah. So that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Well, I'm just trying to. I mean, if if you do that, then I got to get like Landry Shamit back or oh, something like that. Because, right. but I I'm looking at his game log and it looks like he's playing a ton lately. Oh yeah, I he, got dunked, I, he got dunked on pretty badly last night. By Aaron I Gordon. thought he was I thought he was out of the out of the rotation, but um. Well, Booker I don't actually really Booker Suns a whole lot. Booker got hurt last night again. So Booker's had a growing injury. Um, and so maybe that, again, is another reason why they would want Grayson Allen is because Booker is continuing, can't stay healthy. Not to say that Grayson Allen could, you know, emulate Devin Booker's production. I mean, that's very unrealistic. But maybe a reason why they need more wing help is because Booker just can't stay healthy. And well, I just had- think that it's it's like, look, Jay Crowder's not playing for you. And yeah, what do you, what do you, what the fuck do you think you're getting? And That's a good point. However, you know, unfortunately, the Bucks are in a situation where they don't have a ton of assets, so somebody inevitably will have a better offer. Mm-hmm. But I thought that about PJ Tucker too, and they he got gift wrapped. Yeah, so, I think horse. I think horse just needs to continue to work at it, and we'll see if it happens. Maybe it's this week. Um, everyone's a little holiday hangover, and they're just like, "Fuck it, we'll just give it to you." I guess if you want to look at the bright side. Uh, for the Bucks, as I always try to do in these situations, you'd expect that they'd be pretty pissed off heading to Chicago on Wednesday night. Um, they have a couple yeah, but, days, but I I will almost guarantee you everyone rests that game. You think so? Um, you know yeah. so. I, mean, I don't that's... know that, but it, but like somebody's resting that game. 
Probably. I mean, maybe, but it's like you get two days off. Well, I would assume they're going to fly home and let people be with they, their families. They did, yeah, they did actually. Yeah. So that's, I, so I have to apologize to Lisa Byington. I, I tweeted that because she made it what I thought was a weird comment when she's like, I think it was after the new Orleans game. Yeah. She said, Oh, we have a five game road or she goes, we have a four game road trip. Well, five, if you count the Chicago trip. And I was like, well, I'm thinking that's a fucking road game. Like, I don't know what, yeah. like how that's mm-hmm. not. And then I believe they did go home. They came home. I saw on my Twitter account that I follow about flights, yeah, team flights and stuff that they did come home last night. Okay. So, so yeah, they're, so they, they're going they to Chicago. A, they get a couple of days, days to be with their families. Um, And so, yeah, maybe they play in Chicago. Maybe they don't. But it, even if that, the, I doubt, even if they do punt that game, you come home and you have a Minnesota team that's been, you know, very unpredictable this year. Two games against Washington, heading out to an unpredictable Toronto team, and then home again against Charlotte. So you yeah. have a stretch well, this here. Is, this is what, you know, I mean, yeah, the schedule does lighten up, but it's like we're we haven't even played the Raptors or the Heat yet and we and we're struggling. And it's like but the Raptors those two, are, those two, but, but, I know I understand that, but suck. I promise you we'll Mitch, lose to the Raptors. Mitch, we will lose both to the Raptors. Teams suck right now. The Raptors have finally figured some stuff out, but the Raptors have not been good this year. I know People that. are like, should the Raptors tank? And yeah, the last two nights they've been really good and they've figured some things out. But like Fred Van Vliet's uh neg, I understand that there's a lot of there is a lot of things going on, but they're starting Hernan Gomez right now. That's their he's in their starting lineup. That I they're know. playing, they're playing an eight, eight deep bench. They're five and twelve on the road. Like and two of, and they won the last two road games against the Knicks and the Cavs. Uh, we're and so it's like I I'm not and the Heat have been terrible at home. The Heat have every time you think the Heat are gonna figure it out, they haven't figured it out. I, I mean I don't know, man. I understand that it they are annoying ass teams to play, but the Heat, you know, they just lost back to back home games to the Bulls and the Pacers last week after winning four straight. So it's like they can't develop any sort of consistency right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. It's going to be those are going to be tough games. And we, uh, you know, I think I don't know. I think I I just disagree. I mean, I they like the Heat have no bench right now. Like, look at who a guy named Haywood Highsmith is playing. <laughs> who the fuck is Haywood Highsmith? He played. <laughs> That's 20, what the Heat 30. do though. That's what the Heat I, do. I, they find these guys from off the scrap heap. And they fucking. He, They'll he go, they'll go seven of nine from three against the Bucks. And... I mean, he went to Wheelington Jesuit. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And well, some guy named Orlando Robinson. I guess he played at Fresno and is a rookie, but he got ten minutes in in last in their last game against the Pacers. But Halliburton went off for forty three points against them last in the last game. So they're allowing a lot of guard production. Healed at twenty one. They also were 21 of 47 from three. Like, I understand your concern. And two, two games in Miami is not ideal because that and one of them at noon start on ABC. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the part. Motherfucker. That, that, Did they change that? I, I'm seeing that now, too. No, I think what they're doing is I think they're doing some early start games because of the NFL. Because those are wild card weekends and ABC's. They're putting out some ABC games early in the day 
to sort of combat having the NFL going later in the night. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. I didn't. I guess I didn't notice that in the, on the schedule. Yeah. Until now, that that was I that that was a fucking noon game in Miami. Yeah. That's a loss. That's so bad. <laughs> that's a loss. 100%. Oh man. Oh, that's great. Um, I'm sorry for your disappointment there. Anything else on the Bucks um, before we move on to to look ahead to 2023? Uh, the only quick thought I had was hopefully they remember to shoot the fucking ball. They were awful on this road trip shooting the ball. I mean, yeah, shooting the threes. And you you said somebody shot 21 of 47. I was like, wow, when are the Bucks ever going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Every fucking game is like nine for 30, nine for 30, nine for 40. Just yeah, it's, one been, of these days. it's been brutal. It's been brutal, man. I mean, it's you have you have every right to be to be annoyed. I I think it's been it's been a really tough year for the Bucks from like a three point perspective. I mean, right now they're sixteenth in the league. Thirty six last night. I'd probably take that actually. Uh, most games they're, that's thirty six percent. That's not terrible. But. So they're right now as a team they're shooting thirty five percent. They're sixteenth in the NBA uh, currently. Um, which, and then if you look at attempts, they are seventh in attempts, but in makes overall, they're eighth. So they're just shooting a lot of them, but they're not going in. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah more of it needs that. Well, they, they have to shoot a lot. They have to yeah, shoot I a know. lot. That's what, that's what, and, and I will, I complain sometimes because it, it gets like, there's a difference between taking good threes and settling. I mean, and when it it's six possessions in a row of settling, then I get mad. But like, you know, they have to take like forty threes a game. I mean, because the, the teams pack the paint, mm-hmm. so right they have to do it. It's you know, it's not, oh they shoot too many threes. Well, they fucking they have to shoot threes, right? I mean, if if they aren't if they aren't threatening them from the three, then we're doomed. Well, so, right, and part of it too is like from the field, they're actually twenty first in the league right now, um, and. That's not great, um, and that's further to your point. It has well, to be done in three pointers and free throws. The offense wasn't good when they were nine and zero, and right. it certainly hasn't been any better. And right. the defense is starting to slip a little bit. Yes. and I think they're like fourth or fifth in the league now in defensive efficiency. So, yeah. you know, I saw some shit on Twitter like, "Oh, to do this against the number one, the number one defense in the league." It's like, where you been? Like they've been not great on defense for I don't know. Yeah. Let's, few weeks. Let's look at their. Let's look at their. I have the stats sheet up. Let's look at December just in general. Defensive rating for December: the Bucks are 14th at 113 over 100. Uh, the Grizzlies, who are eight and three, uh, uh, 103 on that. Speaking of the Grizzlies, not the sidebar, but the Bucks did take a bad L. But I thought the Grizzlies' L was significantly worse than what Milwaukee dealt with. Because you have, they talked all this shit. John Moran moving his mouth. Oh, we're, (laughs) you know, we're this, we're that. You know, no one wants to fuck with us. I can't see it. Bitch, you got. No no one in the West scares me. Bitch, you got beat by 20 against a team without Steph Curry. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to hear it from him. Like, that's, that's that. Like, you beat all the bad teams you want, man. But when the chips are down, you lost to Denver. In the last week, you've lost at Denver. You've lost at Golden State. I mean, yes, you beat Phoenix. Congrats. But I don't know if Booker – I don't think Booker played in that game. Like, 
So congrats. You beat a Devin Bookerless Suns team on the road, but you lost the, the you lost the Nuggets and the Warriors. Like I can't take you seriously until you're beating those teams on the road. Now I will say as a John Morant critic, he had did have 36 last night and yeah. really nobody else showed up. Yeah. Um, classic Giannis a, game. It, it, right, exactly. It took the words out of my mouth. The classic Sorry. classic Bucks here where yeah. Dylan Brooks is awful. Fuck that guy. Seven, and, Desmond Bain, I know just coming back from injury, but two of 13, 0 from seven from three. Um, that's a that's a rough night. Yeah. And Jared Jackson. Jared I mean, Jackson's addicted to following people. Um 21 minutes only, five personal fouls. Like Jaron Jackson cannot stay out of foul trouble. And that to me is like if you were to get into like a dark room with like the the Grizzlies general manager and like, would you trade Jaron Jackson for another like significant asset who doesn't follow foul? I think there'd be interest because I don't know. Jaron Jackson just can't stop following. And I know he's a young guy, but you can't really win playoff series when you're one of your best players continually is on the bench. Right. And you know, the thing with him is like in a playoff series, you're probably not going to play Steven Adams a whole lot. So he's going to have to be, your center in a playoff series. So yeah, that that's an issue. I mean, yeah, totally. They're just, they're just very, very arrogant. And for no reason, you know, though. I, I really, I really want to be, you know, small market cities need to stick together, but I mean, I, there's just, there's just a lot of arrogance there and they haven't won a goddamn thing. And that's what they do. That's fine. And, you know, somebody has got to be the villain, but, uh, just shut the fuck up one time. Yeah. And, and of, of course the Warriors just picking off Ty Jerome, who was a really good college player Yeah, and he had 14 last night off the bench. Like that's, that's the stuff with the Bucks where I get really frustrated because I'm like, that's a guy that's probably just on the scrap heap and you just are committed to Wes Matthews and Jordan Nora. And, and, and yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> you know what? Ty Jerome probably would be a nice, nice little ad. Like guy was a good college player. Like, again, I don't know if this is going to continue for him, but get him into a good system. Like I would imagine a guy who played with Tony Bennett's system would probably work in Bud's system. I don't, I think that would be, that'd be all right. Like yeah. he seems like a system guy and yeah, well, that's one thing. One thing I want to mention, I got to give Bud his flowers real quick. I know it's not necessarily the theme of this podcast, but no, I've been it, appears that, it appears that George Hill is out, safely out of the rotation. So, right. Um, that's a positive step. Now we just need to get Marjan a few more minutes. And right. I think I'm fine. Yeah. I, I think, I think that that's going to be, I think that's a, a really important thing. And I think hopefully, Hopefully they will. Uh, it it happens. I, I really, I really would love to see more of it, and I hope that we're going to see it this week. And I'm sure if we don't, you and I will consistently bitch about it until we do. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Speak uh, of that, things to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, Marjan Bochan minutes in 2023. So I mean, you could take this in a hundred different ways. Uh, 2023 will should be an interesting year for. Wisconsin sports fans, I mean, I, I think as we talked about last week where we said about, you know, what storylines mattered, you really came up from that and you're like, holy shit, it was kind of a bad year overall in, in this Wisconsin sports landscape. So can – Well, I mean, relatively speaking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, 
if you were to tell a you know Minnesota a fan, fan, a Minnesota fan or a Wisconsin fan from the nineties that hey, uh, every you know Bucks and Packers make the playoffs, uh, the Badgers and the Golden Eagles get into the NCAA tournament, and the Brewers are fighting, but they're they just missed the playoffs. I think a a nineties fan be like, oh my god, oh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because like that's true. I mean, that is true. Because at, in the nineties, all you had was the Packers, basically. Right, and think about like, and as someone pointed out, like that you know it goes around every Christmas Eve, the Yancey Thigpen prop, like that was a monumental moment in like Wisconsin sports history. Like it felt like extremely important because nothing else was going on. It was a first division title for the Packers in. I think 30 years at that point. And if Big Penn doesn't drop that ball, they lose that game. They still make the playoffs, but they, they, the Lions win the division, I believe. And that would have, uh, that would have, I don't know if that changes much, but it was a huge moment in the Packer war. Yeah, it got the, it got the monkey off their back. Yeah. In the far as Holmgren era, like that became like you just didn't win in Lambeau when, when it was cold and it was far and Holmgren. And that was the whole thing until Michael Vick tore us up, you know, years later. Yeah. I, I mean, I think what I'm looking forward to most personally is obviously the Bucks and how how they how far they go this year is yep. number one. Uh I think Luke Fickle and the impact he's gonna have is probably number two for me. Mm-hmm. Just because I mean I feel like it's a living breathing college football, modern college football head coach. And it it does have a feel of like when the Bucks got Mike Budenholzer where it's like, yes. okay, at least we're going to have like a, an offense that is, that is First in the 21st century. Right. And, and it like, you're going to give yourself a chance to be successful and it's not going to be the coach that's holding you back. So um, at least as much as Jason Kidd did. And as much as Paul Chris probably did, um, because I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he fucked up Graham Mertz's career, and and yeah. I, I don't think Graham Mertz is necessarily free of blame, but um, I don't know what happened there, and now he's gone, and well, there, whatever cut, that doesn't matter, he should leave. But to, to cut in, just and I'll let you keep going, but like, there's a reason why Graham Mertz got to Florida. Like he he's playing for an SEC school. Like he transferred yeah. to Florida. Like so, like he's obviously. Got Right. Billy Napier, who's a good coach, like he obviously sees the talent there and's like, yeah, we just got to work on your mentals. So continue on. Sorry. Well, is, is Graham Mertz going to start at Florida? I mean, don't they probably, is Anthony Richardson gone? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, okay. He might, so is Graham Mertz actually going to start or is he going to compete? Is it like he's a, going to compete? Yeah. He'll compete okay. to start. I'm sure Florida yeah. has guys ball, but also, too, like not to turn this thing into really dark, but John Kitten's kid was playing and he got busted for child porn. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what – yeah, that was, quarterback room is kind of in flux. He was at playing for Florida? Yes. was playing for oh. Florida and got busted for child pornography. Wow. Uh, right in, the, in that in-between. before I think it was after the last game of the year before the bowl game. Then they played a, like, freshman. They got blown out by Oregon State in the Vegas Bowl two weeks ago and played like a freshman. So yeah, I'm sure he'll compete with that freshman and Mertz. I'm sure there'll be other freshmen. And obviously it's Florida. Um, so Mertz will compete, but yeah, there's a chance to get start. Yeah, but I mean, so far Fickle seems to be getting yes 
some recruits and it's just going to be such a breath of fresh air over a athletic department that is just so antiquated and um we'll see hopefully he can overcome that and get the badgers to the to the college football playoff i mean right and I, i you know he should have more resources than he had at cincinnati you know it's not that cincinnati is is necessarily a a tiny school mm. but um you know you have big the big 10 backing and sort of the standard in the big 10 that it's going to be different for him and hopefully in a positive way right yeah absolutely and i mean if you look at you look at the schedule for next year for wisconsin and you do you do have you know some tough opponents but you welcome ohio state in into camp randall late october so by then you know fickle should have things you know kind of figured out um that will be a a major game but that is that is really your most difficult game the badgers don't have a lot of tough road games you have you go to illinois which i think will be tough but illinois lost the defensive coordinator he's now the coach of purdue so you have that um you also have to go to minnesota um but i think for fickle's first year like that's like the stamp, right? To stamp and be like, we won the axe. So really it's just that Ohio state game, but that's at home. So you have that kind of have that going for you. You have to go out to the Palouse and play Washington state early in the year, but Washington state's kind of right where they were last year, where they got torn up by the transfer portal and we'll just kind of see how it goes for, and they lost their offensive coordinator. So they're going to be kind of resetting again, uh, which I has to be annoying if you're, you're a fan of one of those teams where every year, you just get pillaged by by the transfer portal. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, but, otherwise, eh, what else am I excited about? Yeah, let's get a third one, and then I'll, I can go, or I can go now if you want. You want to think on on a last one? I don't know. I mean, Brewers, I guess, but they're it's almost yes. wait and see, right? Like you don't, yeah. you just don't know. Like if they make a couple more moves, I think we're all excited for the season. And if they're, if they are this team right now, I think you're like, well, it kind of all has to work out to be great. Like if the pitching's good, but they really haven't helped their offense that much, unless they really believe that these young guys are going to come in and be awesome. Which would be amazing. Cause I feel like, Oh, it'd be totally exciting. That's, it would change that's, the, that's an organization that also needs some fresh blood in a oh, way. Yes. Um, after, the stank of, of last season. And, um, you know, I, I often can, you know, think about like the Phillies where, you know, yeah, they've spent a ton of money, but they also had a couple of young guys come in and make an impact. And mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes to show you that God forbid you trust somebody, you know? Right. And to make, to make an impact and, and be a, a valuable, you know, piece every day. That would be, yes. that would be a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think that that would infuse a lot of energy into the fan base. And, you know, I, I think the problem with the Brewers, unfortunately, and there'll be a lot of hand-wringing about, oh, they're not selling tickets in April and May, but let's be let's all be real here. If the Bucks are rolling like they should, that's where people are going to put their money. The weather's going to suck. It's never really that nice in April and May. And the for a lot of people, they don't start caring about the Brewers till middle of June, July 4th. And that's just, it is what it is. And you have to accept that and it's okay. But yeah, I agree. The young talent will be good. I think for me, uh, I am just excited to see what happens with the Packers from a 2023 perspective. 
whether it's Love, whether it's Rodgers. I mean, you could look at both sides of this. If it's Love, it's the start of a new era. It's the start of a new era. It kind of resets everything, right? Your expectations are different. Everything changes. If it's Rodgers, it's like the last dance. It's like the last real opportunity to win with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere else the following year, but it's the last, last chance. And you relish, you kind of relish every minute. You know, our buddy Murph, who's a big Rodgers guy, talks about that all the time with Rodgers, where it's like, I just know that I don't have many of these left, so I'm just going to enjoy it. And I appreciate that. And it actually changed my perspective on Rodgers a little bit. You know, I think he'd said that last year to me or two years ago, and it sort of changed how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. And would they trade Jordan Love? If if they do go with Rodgers, would Love get traded? And I think that would cause a panic attack in all of Wisconsin. I really do. Um, but could I see it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. If you're Baltimore and you could have Jordan Love on a cheap deal or pay Lamar Jackson a ton of money, I think there are some people in Baltimore that might do the former. I really do. Um, I don't know if it'll happen. But I, I just it's it's not something to ignore if you're if you feel like love is more on the trajectory of Matt Schaub or Jimmy G. Those are the quarterbacks that have got traded, and that's the level. I don't think Jordan loves that. I think he's a little bit better, but who knows? And that's to me like a huge thing to look forward to. And I know it's not the most exciting. I'm not fired up about that. Uh I agree with you on Fickle. I I will pick a couple different ones, but I agree that like the Badgers, this is the first time probably in a long time that more people are excited about Badger football than they have been in a long time that aren't just the casuals or aren't just diehards, excuse me. Big casuals are very excited about what the Badgers could be. I'm also excited to see if Marquette can kind of keep this up and go on a run. I haven't gone on a NCAA tournament run in, ah, God, maybe since 2014. So it's been a while. Um, and it would be, it'd be a lot of fun to just actually have like a, Hey, we're in the sweet 16. We have a chance here to maybe get to the first final four since 2003. I don't think Marquette's good enough to be a final four team. I think they're good enough to be a sweet 16 or elite eight team though. Um, if it breaks right and they can, sure, I mean, any, any team that can, can get to the sweet 16, right. It, it's just, yeah. Once it, much past that is a different story, but totally. Um, yeah, just get through that first weekend, right? I mean, right, and give you, and, give you another another week of of hope, and we'll see. I think you know the this is a really big stretch for them. You know, they they are home to in Seton Hall, who they should beat. Um, take care of business tonight or tomorrow night against Seton Hall, and then they play Villanova and St. John's on the road. And Villanova now with Cam Whitmore, who's going to be a top ten pick in the NBA draft. Uh, it, he they've been really good with Whitmore. Whitmore has sort of changed the whole dynamic of what Villanova was. They they really struggled to start the year, and now they've figured it out. I think they're 6-0 with Whitmore. So that's a huge test for Marquette, and as is St. John's, who's another potential tournament team, and how do you handle that on the road? And then you have UConn in two weeks. And right. that, I was UConn, say, that that's yeah. the men's UConn, number two, right? When's the yeah, last time they were good. a top-five team? It's been a long, long time. They're really, really fucking talented. Um, right. And – I don't know. I've always had a sneaky little love for UConn. I don't know. I don't really like Dan Hurley, the coach, but I've always liked their players. Like I, I think it goes back to like Khalid Alameen. Um, but I like Kemba. <laughs> um, I liked Shabazz Napier. Like I, I was I was kind of like the UConn teams. Like I like Calhoun. Um, so 
that's one of the teams that doesn't exactly annoy me in the Big East. They're they're down on the totem pole of annoying of annoying Big East teams, but I'm sure sure that could change uh, pretty easily. Oh yeah, I mean I've been trying to say Boston Celtics don't really bother me that much, but they have just lately. It's been it's been a lot. So for sure uh, that that can change pretty quickly. No doubt. And then yeah, I I also I'll also put in just sort of excited excited to see where it goes with the Bucks and also like if they can, you know, get back to the on top because they are one of the best teams. I you said it last week, like the only team I'm worried about is the Bucks themselves. And I agree with that. And so what will the Bucks look the way they do on Christmas to start the playoffs? I don't think so. And that's I think the the thing you have to go forward with. And yeah, and I, I think it should be a fun 2023. It, it could be amplified if the Packers finish off this playoff run. We'll have to see um, and get get to the playoffs. That would be that'd be a great way to kick off 2023. So we'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see. So yeah, looking forward to it. No doubt. Um, all right. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, I also realized that maybe I should tape on Wednesday because we have not only the Badgers bowl game, but we also have a Marquette game that they put out. Maybe who cares? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, but I will, uh, it's, it's just tough, man. It's tough adjusting. If you think taking one day off just to try to like get more shit done. And like, I just don't think people need to hear me every day. Like trying to figure out what day you don't tape is, is increasingly hard when you've been taping every day for the last, who knows? like four well, years, five years. Sports never stops. That's why I there's know. you know, know daily talk shows. I know, and man. There's always some some something to fucking talk about. So I know. It's that's tough. that's why. Right. And that's why people only do like one sport instead of all of them. But that's why I think your niche is special. Uh thanks to everybody for listening. This will obviously be the last tap in the keg of the twenty twenty two year. We'll go into next year with four ninety one and then I'm sure we'll do something special for five hundred, uh which will come probably late late february early march um but we'll just have to see but i uh, look forward to it thanks to everybody to listen and yeah we'll talk to you next week peace see you